Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com, your spot for UNC apparel. We are back with another episode of the UNC football recruiting podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin, and as always, we're joined by Don Callahan. What's up, Don? Not much. How are you doing today, Ross? <laughs> I'm great. Uh, you had a big weekend with a lot of camp coverage. How'd that go for you? Oh, God, it was exhausting, especially when you come home and, and AJ, uh, uh, we'll get to this, but uh, AJ uh, Beatty goes and commits earlier than what he was supposed to. And, and I'm kind of like, oh, I'm just trying to get this camp scoop and photos done and and this kid adds more to my plate and I had a bunch of interviews I had to do from the official visitors and and other visitors that came and it was good to kind of um catch my breath on Monday for sure and then we started back up on you know Thursday with the 707 and and Showtime camp on Saturday which we'll get to all that uh later on the podcast but yeah so I can't wait for next week to where everything kind of calms down a little bit yeah, this is definitely, I would say this is your, your busiest time of the year. Even with the reduced number of camps, um, you got long days and a lot going on, usually a lot of commitments, and just putting in those scoops is a lot of a lot of moving parts, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, some of this stuff becomes out of date as soon as you post it because you have so many things that are just happening. But, um, I mean, it, it's a lot of long days. I mean, a lot of people, it's, it's straight, people who don't understand like the industry or maybe just are just, I guess, casual football fans, they think my busiest time is a football season. But you know, Ross, I mean, football season is actually might be a little bit easier just because everything's kind of like structured and you know what's going to happen. But, you know, by far my most busiest times are this time of the year and then January. Yeah, and then of course signing day, kind of leading up to signing day. Yeah, well, the January, of, yeah, yeah, a yeah. A lot of a lot of prep and a lot of uh, you know, leading up to that day is a lot of work to to get it all together for that the biggest day of the year. Um, yeah, definitely with all your camp scoops and this new weekly scoop feature, it's been a lot of great content from you, and we all appreciate we appreciate your hard work there. Um, we're gonna dive into the podcast now. We have a, a kind of a packed schedule, um, you know, kind of back on that scheme of. A lot of stuff going on with UNC football recruiting in general. We're going to start with a look at last weekend. There were two camps, Saturday and Sunday, on UNC's campus. We're going to dive into a bit of that. Uh, we're going to talk about A.J. Beatty's commitment to UNC in the class of 2020 and what that means and what he kind of brings to UNC. We're then going to take a little bit of a look into the weekly scoop that was posted on Tuesday. Um, there's tons of good stuff in that content piece, and we're going to tease and, and kind of preview some of those things. So definitely check out that weekly scoop for premium subscribers. And finally, we're going to look at the Showtime camp, which is this Saturday, uh, kind of UNC's premier camp. Uh, what's going to go on there? A list of attendees and, and kind of try to inform our listeners what that uh, Showtime camp means for UNC. Uh, obviously, a new thing with this new staff. And the final thing is the top five. We the top five this episode was the five quarterbacks that UNC has on their roster or signed. Um, what uh, who who we think is going to have the best college career, and then we'll allude to a new, less football related, more fun top five for next episode. Sound good, Don? That sounds great. I'm looking forward to the top five, the new top five for sure. Okay, great. All right, cool. So the weekend camps uh, there were Saturday and Sunday. 
Um, we read your week, we, we read your scoops and everything. What were the major takeaways? And then we'll get into some more particulars. The main thing is, is just the, you, and you always tease me about this, but just how much action was actually going on on the sidelines to, uh, I think that's, that's your quote for it. The action on the sidelines. And, um, I mean, you had, you know, starting on Saturday, you had not only Des Evans, who's North Carolina's top target, one of the top recruits in the nation, a five-star defensive end from uh, Lee County, just 30 minutes away. But standing, I don't know, 10 feet away was Julius Peppers, which was kind of a neat sort of uh, setting because you had some people kind of walking up, getting photos for photos with uh, Julius Peppers, and then you had other people walking up to uh, Des, kind of talking to him about what, what's going on with his recruitment. And then on Sunday, you had just a bunch of guys with um, Peyton Page and and Travis Shaw, who have become pretty frequent visitors in North Carolina. They were there just kind of goofing around. Um, there was a couple of safeties, which we touched on in, in the scoop, that, that visited, made their first visit to North Carolina. But, uh, you know, I guess just what was happening around the camp instead of what was going on. I mean, there was definitely some standouts. Evan Pryor, uh, the four-star 2021 running back from in-state, he camped on Saturday and and, um, and looked really good. Uh, we'll actually have some film of his uh, or footage of his performance later on this week. Um, and then uh, a quarterback, a 21 quarterback uh, that North Carolina has offered, Garrett uh, Nussmeyer from Texas, came up and he performed during – uh, during uh, Sunday's camp, which was, uh, you know, I mean, uh, unbelievable quarterback. Uh, but we, we touched on all that and all the scoops. Yeah, so definitely check those scoops out. Uh, it was June 8th, June 9th. Uh, they're on the board. Great information there on a lot of the people who participated in the camps and what went on on the sidelines. Don has alluded to this kind of joke we have, um, and to explain it to listeners, I don't know if he's done the, the best job, but back when I worked for um, Carolina Blue and 24-7 Sports, and I was uh, working alongside Don. I always joke that his scoops would include, he'd say something like, well, while there was, wasn't much action on the field, all the action was on the sideline, with, with meaning that other top recruits would come and just watch the camp. And so that was kind of what took place on Saturday and Sunday with Des Evans visiting on Saturday, Peyton Page, Travis Shaw, and other players visiting on Sunday. Um, do you know why Julius Peppers was there? I do not. I do not. But I do know that he spent some time talking with uh, Des Evans um, and I'm sure kind of explained to him how he was a big time recruit in state who decided to stay in state and could have went a bunch of different places. Um, So um, but yeah, so they definitely spoke. But I don't know. I mean, he looked like he was working out. So maybe he came in to get a workout in. Uh, You know, he has he has some extra time on his hands right now um, with uh, his uh, recent retirement. So. Uh, but I don't know specifically. That was cool to see. Uh, of course, I believe Mac Brown recruited Peppers a little bit, but he never coached um, Peppers. Uh, Carl Torbush and John Bunning both coached Peppers. Um, so it's interesting, you know, Dez Evans and Julius Peppers, both from small towns in North Carolina, both elite defensive ends, a um, little bit different type players, but actually, it would have been pretty cool to be a fly on the wall for that conversation as well. My question after reading your scoop and looking at some photos was, you know, Des Evans is a big recruit. We've talked about him probably every podcast we've done the last couple of weeks. I wanted to know kind of which coaches at UNC are recruiting Des Evans. What's that dynamic like? What do you see from observing how he operates and staff operates when he's on campus? Well, 
as to be expected with, with one of the top targets, I mean, the entire staff's involved. If you had to pick like one who's kind of leading the charge, that would be Tim Brewster. You know, Tim Brewster was brought in basically for his uh, recruiting prowess and his ability to establish relationships with uh, top recruits uh, who are being basically, not only they're being recruited by the top programs, but, you know, most, um, most programs are going to put their top recruiters on him. So um, Brewster's a guy who can kind of compete in that sort of field. But, you know, Mac Brown's heavily involved. Um, uh, Jay Bateman's involved. Um, you know, uh, of course, Tim Cross, the defensive line coach, is involved. But the, everybody's involved. And that's why one of the, one of the things um, that you saw if you were there at the camp is that even though the coaches were, were coaching the camp, you know, each one would kind of take take a chance to kind of walk over and talk to to Des real quickly, and then he would leave, and then it would just it was like a revolving door. And next guy would walk over. The other person who I did not mention um, is uh, Mac Brown's wife. Actually, spent a good amount of time speaking with uh, with Des, um, which is kind of interesting because we haven't really seen that so much at North Carolina, but but she is really involved with. Uh, with recruiting um, almost as, as, as involved as um, Mac Brown is. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's, I mean, I guess all hands on deck for a guy like that. Even, even the spouses are being involved. <laughs> That's wild. You got the 11th assistant, Sally Brown um, on deck. And it seems like both of all, all the assistants are involved, which is uh, interesting and, and, and as expected for a recruit like him. What's he? Is he? What's his personality like when he's on campus? You can kind of tell if he's a really affable guy or or more reserved. It, it, what can you tell us about that? He's he's very soft spoken, not loud, not. Uh, but he's he's also very friendly, and um, seems happy go lucky. I mean, he's not a guy. Uh, he, he's a guy that I would imagine that if you pass him in the mall, you know, you wouldn't even know he was there, other than the fact that he's a legit six five, six six. Um, you know. Uh, because he's not just the guy who kind of tries to get attention towards him other than his height. Um, but uh, I mean, he definitely does seem relaxed on campus and uh, seems to enjoy his time there. I mean, God, he's been there so much, especially this, yeah. this year. He's been there a ton. Yeah, for sure. And I think he's coming back twice this upcoming week, right? Yes. So he'll be back for the uh, 707 camp on Thursday and then also the Showtime camp on Saturday, he'll be actually performing during both, which is not many schools. I don't know if he's going to camp anywhere else, which is, which is another huge thing. Uh, But during the seven on seven, he obviously he's a defensive end and seven on sevens don't have defensive ends. But what his coach told me they're going to do is, and they, they do this um, throughout the year really is they play him as a uh, linebacker and an inside receiver just to kind of get him some, um, some reps and get him get him conditioned and and all that. Good stuff. And yeah, and then at the Showtime camp, he's going to be working out as a defensive end. We're going to have tons of footage of that and photos, and I'll be there as well as well as our intern and some other video people. So we'll have a lot of good scoop and kind of video of that. I'm excited to see him work out at the Showtime camp on Saturday. Um, you mentioned going to a mall. I know you're a big mall guy, but we want to talk now about Johnny T-shirt which is a store on Franklin Street and a great sponsor of the Inside Carolina podcast. Um, they're also online at giantt-shirt.com. It's your spot for all your UNC apparel, shirts, T-shirts, um, hats, sweatshirts. I'm a big sweatshirt guy. So head over to giantt-shirt.com or visit the store on Franklin Street. It's a Chapel Hill tradition. 
for over 35 years. It's locally and alumni owned. We always like to support local businesses. And they focus only on UNC. It's the best customer service. It's a place to go on game day right there, right off campus. And remember that all IC subscribers get 10% off with a discount code they can find on the premium message board. Um, and now with Father's Day, just days away, it's a great chance to get your dad a T-shirt or a hat. It's an easy gift. I always shop at, at stores like Giant T-shirt for um, to get my niece and nephew gifts. It's just an easy kind of go-to thing for UNC apparel. You don't have to think about a gift. You just get them another hat or I got my niece a, uh, a Tar Heel doll, a giant T-shirt. So all that stuff, it's really easy to knock out. Um, and they're also promoting this real Carolina T-shirt ahead of the UNC South Carolina season opener on August 31st down in Charlotte. And we're back now to talk some more football. A.J. Beatty, he committed to UNC on Sunday. What can you tell us about that recruitment, Don? And, and tell us more about his game. We'll start with his recruitment and then go to what you think he can bring to Carolina as a player. Well, his recruitment quickly turned into a UNC versus UNC battle. You know, he took a visit back in, I think it was April, to North Carolina. And then uh, you know, that slowly, I guess, as he started to kind of um, marinate on just that experience and starting to visit other schools and kind of seeing what they had and what, what they didn't have that North Carolina had, uh, I think it just started to kind of hit him that, hey, North Carolina is, is – the place I want to be. He came out with like a top seven or top eight about, I guess it was about a month or so ago. And then came out and said, he's going to take an official North Carolina and, and make a verbal commitment by the, uh, I think it was uh, late, late June, early July, but it became obvious that, okay, you're only going to take an official North Carolina. He tried to play it up as, Oh, you know, I only been in North Carolina once and only spent a, you know, a few hours there, yada, yada. But it just seemed pretty obvious where, um, where it was headed. And, and he actually, as I said, he was supposed to commit um, late this month, early next month with a commitment video, but uh, he decided he didn't want to wait and he committed on his visit. And when he got home, he announced it publicly to everyone, which was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it kind of uh, made my (laughs) Sunday night a lot longer than what, uh, what I, I thought it was going to be. And so he was recruited by Jay Bateman, who recruited that high school when he was at Army. Can you talk about kind of how that went and, and how his recruitment developed uh, from Bateman's perspective? Yeah, I mean, it was just a situation, you, you know, what, what they call if you obviously you have your your traditional recruiting footprint. And for North Carolina, it's, it's the, the Carolinas, Virginia, Maryland, Washington, D.C., um, Florida, Georgia. Um, and then outside of that that uh, recruiting footprint, you have spot recruiting, which is, you know, just you're kind of handpicking who you're going after uh, for whatever reason, whether it's a connection or you, you feel like a guy is there that you, you that fits your system. And I think that um, it was a combination of the connection that uh, Bateman had with that with that school, which uh, Pittsburgh uh, Central Catholic is actually, you know, a very um, strong producer of talent traditionally. Um, God, I can't remember his name, but UNC back under Butch Davis got an offensive lineman out of there. Um, so, I mean, and but they constantly produce talent. And um, obviously this is a guy that Bateman felt like fits into his uh, his defense for sure, um, you know, along the, the D line. Um, 
And, yep. you know, so he's a handpicked guy, uses his relationships, and obviously he could check everything that he sees on, on film um, through um, trusted sources at that, at that uh, school. For sure. And I probably should have said this at the top. I mean, A.J. Beatty, he's a 6'5", 250-pound, strong side defensive end, ranked uh, 1,581 in the nation, the 88th strong side defensive end in the nation, and the 20th ranked player in Pennsylvania. So certainly not a high-ranked recruit, um, but has an offer list that includes uh, Boston College, a lot of mid-major schools like Ball State, Air Force, um, Bowling Green has Cincinnati, uh, some Ivy League schools, Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Massachusetts. Um, NC State offered him. So Purdue, Pittsburgh, South Carolina, Rutgers, Syracuse. So definitely has a lot of offers, Virginia, West Virginia, um, schools like that. Definitely it doesn't have the like, high SEC offers. What can you tell us about his game, uh, what he will bring, and – where you think he fits ranking wise and if that's an accurate ranking for, for what 24 seven sports has him. Well, so the main attraction with him is he's a legit six, five, 240 pounds, and he's a good athlete and you can see it watching his film. He moves around really well. Um, um, and I guess the main thing as far as like on film, you see in addition to his ability to kind of maneuver within the, the, the box, um, you know, having the agility and the um, the footwork to do so. But he also uses his hands really well, which is something that you don't see very common in high school. You, know, you have a lot of guys who have these long limbs and just don't use it to their advantage. But he actually does a really good job. You can tell he was coached really well to uh, to use um, to use his hands. Um, you know, he's also very productive. Last season, he had 15 sacks with uh, for, for his high school. Um, I think the main thing that that that's causing the bad ranking um, or relatively bad ranking is the fact that he's a, he's more of a guy where you say, okay, there's a quarterback, go get him. He doesn't seem like he's has uh, the instincts, at least on the film that I've seen. And some of the people I've, I've spoken to um, would like to see more of uh, instinctual play from, from out of him. As far as the ranking stuff, I don't, you know, especially with an out-of-state guy, I don't get into that so much. Uh, Brian Doan, does an unbelievable job in that region. And if Brian says he's a, whatever he is, I, I usually kind of, you know, bow to Brian on that just because I, I know he does a really good job of, uh, of uh, doing his due diligence with that stuff. For sure. And I mean, you can't teach the size. You, you have a defensive tackle or, or defensive lineman, sorry, that's six, five and, and already has some weight on him um, and has tons of offers. It seems like it makes sense and, and kind of checks a lot of the boxes you look for. And you can get him in your program, get in your weight program, and develop him. So, A.J. Beatty there. My last question on this topic is how many defensive linemen UNC are going to take in this class? They have Beatty committed now. Um, I don't believe they have any other defensive linemen committed. But they're going after a lot of in-state guys. What can you kind of tell us about how many defensive ends and how many defensive tackles they're going to take in this class, 2020 class? The best answer I can give you is a lot. and. And the reason why I say that is that I guess we're probably looking at a handful or so, so it's going to be a good amount. Uh, and when I try to talk to sources about an exact number and pin them down on it, there's you know there's a couple of things in play here. One, some of these guys are going to end up playing standing up because we're we're moving to a three four scheme. And I know a lot of us are kind of just been um, programmed to focus on 
four-man fronts because the the prior uh, defensive coordinators for the past I don't know twenty years or so at North Carolina have always or twenty years or more actually um, have run a four-man front a four-three base four-three, uh, but Bateman's is a base three-man front. Um, so a lot of these guys are going to actually stand up and play quote unquote linebacker. Um, but the other thing too is that they feel like they, they need defensive linemen. And the philosophy always is, is that you can't have enough elite defensive linemen just because there's not a whole lot of human beings walking on this earth that have the size necessary to play defensive line, but also the athleticism necessary to excel at the defensive line. So it's, uh, you know, one, one of my sources that said to me, he said, you know, when you figure out how many defensive linemen you want, you get that many and then, and then two more. And that's yeah. just the mentality that coaches have. And it's weird <laughs> at UNC, it always seems like the most attrition happens with defensive linemen. Guys end up not enrolling, guys end up transferring. Something happens with academics. You've seen that. It seems like every year um, it's, it's one guy or another, you know, going back to Gavin Lewis, um, you know, that player out of West Charlotte, uh, Greg Webb, just a list. I'm sure you can probably provide this list better than I can, but. Attrition well, you we have a list for a current list coming up on Inside Carolina soon. This is a good segue to uh, the piece that you've been working a lot of time on. <laughs> yeah, check that out. I just posted it this morning. It's uh, tracking all of UNC, UNC football's offseason roster movement. Uh, it shows all the attrition, transfers out, transfers in, uh, all the signees enrolling, um, players leaving for other reasons, injuries, medical reasons. So it's Pretty comprehensive article that I posted today. But, yeah, going back in history, it seems like attrition always affects defensive ends. Um, of course, UNC is recruiting a lot of in-state defensive linemen. Uh, Des Evans, who we mentioned, it seems, every five minutes on this podcast. Uh, Miles Murphy, Kedrick Bing- Bingley-Jones, a big target. And then even going down, looking at kind of the rankings here, you have guys like uh, Quentin Williams, who I think UNC would definitely take among other players. So there's a lot of guys they're in uh, with that are defensive linemen in the state and, and doesn't even mention guys out of state they're pursuing as well. So A.J. Beatty commits to UNC on Sunday. He's the first defensive lineman to commit to UNC in this class and uh, a good pickup for the Tar Heels. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to dive into some stuff from the Weekly Scoop and discuss the Showtime camp. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we're back. Don, you posted some stuff from the Weekly Scoop, and it's a great piece. I read it this morning. Uh, it's super comprehensive. Kudos to you for putting How that How long together. did it take you to read it? 
I mean, it was a long time. I mean, it's like it's a 15 minute read if you want to break it down. Yeah, it's like over 3,000 words, and God, that's not man. by that's not by design. That's just you know there was stuff that was actually supposed to be in there. They end up cutting out and kind of using you know differently uh, because there's just so much stuff. We end up getting so much from this weekend. Yeah, and the, the work that goes into this, uh, I know I've been bragging on you recently, Don, and on this podcast, but I mean. Just, you know, linking different things and adding photos and, you know, finding little tidbits and, and checking on sources and, and transcribing quotes. There's a lot goes into an article like this that someone maybe just reads in 10, 15 minutes. You know, it takes definitely uh, multiple hours to put together. First, you talk a lot about comparing UNC's two quarterback commitments, Malik Hornsby and Jacoby Criswell, without giving away everything that you provide in the premium football scoop. What are the main differences between these two quarterbacks after speaking to their coaches that you want to tell our listeners? I don't know if there was anything that kind of stood out to me from talking to the coaches. Uh, just be- Well, I guess the main thing, I guess, from, from talking to the coaches, you know, um, Hornsby's coach definitely wanted to make sure he emphasized uh, Hornsby as a passer. Yeah. And, and that's just common with a lot of super athletic quarterbacks is that they have to kind of um, – you I guess break out of that uh stereotype of of uh, not being able to throw the ball. Um so when I was talking to his coach, anytime I asked him about anything as a ball carrier or a runner, he always tried to divert me back to him being a passer. But um you know in generally speaking, I mean I guess the main question is is what makes these guys different? Who's good, who's better, who's, you know, all that sort of stuff. You know, who is this and that. Um but I think the main thing is is that you're talking about a kid like Cresswell who is definitely a more polished passer and that's, that's his game. And he has some mobility, but he's not going to use that mobility to run. He's going to use that mobility to buy time. Now with Hornsby, Hornsby is a, a track athlete who actually competes nationwide. He's running in a track meet. I believe it's this weekend in Greensboro, a national track uh, meet. Um, but he does have, um, a strong arm. He does have really good accuracy, um, and he does um, he, he does have you know really good field vision. You know, it's just that he happens to be I don't know what his actual speed is, but he has to be an unbelievably fast human being who has this second gear that uh, is just something that you can't uh, um, you, you can't defend. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean that's that, that's those guys in a nutshell. Their coaches break it down a lot more deeply. I mean, we go into yeah. You know th- them as a passer, them as a as a runner, but also their intangibles. Uh, what you know, their studying of the of the of the um, of the game, and then also you know some things that each coach thinks that both players can work on. Yeah, it's it's great stuff. I mean, my major takeaway was, as you said, Criswell was is more of a pocket, a polished pocket passer who's going to stay in the pocket. He's very accurate, strong arm, um, and maybe has a higher floor. And maybe less of a of a high ceiling, whereas um, Hornsby, you know, can become more of a polished passer, but it has a lot of the potential to be a, have a very high ceiling if he can develop more as a passer. Uh, but has the raw talent as a runner, track athlete, but definitely has a strong arm. And it was interesting, you know, what you said about their personalities and leadership and all the intangibles. Um, additionally, so definitely check that out. Additionally, there was a lot of things at the end of the scoop, and we don't want to give away too much because it's a premium article. We want everybody to subscribe. But um, let me scroll down here. The extra points. You, you talk about a bunch of different little tidbits 
that would be interest of UNC fans. Um, you talk about Miles Murphy, the defensive lineman, Trenton Simmons. There's a tidbit about Coffrey Brown, his enrollment status, and Antoine Powell's, uh, the star defensive end recruit, and his visit to UNC. And we're going to um, just talk about two of those. What can you tell us about Miles Murphy? We've talked about these defensive linemen a, a lot, and you provided a little bit of in, intel in there. So quickly, Miles Murphy, and then we'll get to Trenton Simmons. Well, the thing with Miles Murphy is, is that for those who've been following this, he came out of a South Carolina official visit, not this weekend, the weekend prior, basically saying that South Carolina was his leader and that uh, he would take two more official visits, one to Alabama, the other one to Florida, and then he would call it quits and make a decision, which obviously would leave out his uh, his official visit to North, taking official visit to North Carolina. I've since found out that uh, he will definitely be taking an official visit to North Carolina, which is going to be the weekend of the 21st. And, um, and that North Carolina has been on him, and he's been re- receptive of the, uh, the communication that, that he's receiving from North Carolina. There was a story that, that, uh, about his, his Florida official visit uh, this past weekend, which kind of uh, jives with what I'm saying as far as he's going to definitely take the Alabama and the North Carolina official visit and then sometime this summer make his verbal commitment. So a situation that didn't look so great um, a week ago is now looking a lot better for North Carolina. For sure. You know, in-state kid right down the road in Greensboro, an hour from campus, ranked 117 in the nation, number five in the state, number five strong side defensive end. It just, I mean, it just, ah, it's like, you know, covering UNC, you see these in-state guys, and you just wonder why they go out of state, especially to South Carolina. If you're going to go to out of state, I can think of a lot of better places in South Carolina. But <laughs> as a unbiased reporter here, um, you know, UNC is, is right down the road. So that would be a huge get for UNC. Do you know when he's deciding? Did you say that? He doesn't have – oh, um, no, he does not have an exact date. He just wants okay. to decide sometime this summer. Okay, great. And then Trenton Simpson, a uh, big-time linebacker recruit from Charlotte. What can you tell us about him? It seems like – it is trending down for UNC's chances with the Queen City linebacker. Yeah, I think um, it's kind of the opposite, or I guess the the way things have trended in the last week have uh, are the opposite of what we were just talking about with Miles Murphy, and in that um, after a lot of positivity came out of his Auburn official visit, not this weekend, the weekend prior, there was radio silence throughout the week until. Trenton Simpson tweeted out that he was going to make his uh, his verbal commitment on June 14th, which happens to be his birthday. And it has been his goal of his all along to take to make his verbal commitment on his birthday. Um, from what we're hearing is that there has not been a lot of communication or actually uh, over the weekend, there wasn't any communication between um, Trenton Simpson and his inner circle in North Carolina. And um, that, uh, that that's never a good sign. Um, and it's actually, you know, if you think about it, a lot of these situations where you're, you're constantly talking to people and then all of a sudden you just go, you know, just AWOL on them. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, you wish that, that things would be handled a little bit differently, but yeah, so now it's not looking very promising and, um, we, we cover all exactly what we think is going to happen and what, what people are projecting are going to happen in the scoop. But, uh, I wouldn't, if you, I'm, I'm a UNC fan, I wouldn't be spending any time, on the computer searching on Friday on what he's going to do. Yeah. I mean, I heard from a source. It's a done deal to Auburn. That's a little <laughs> scoop there from, from a former recruiting reporter, um, man. I mean, what a, what opportunity lost to the heels number 52 in the nation. I mean, this is a, an elite linebacker 
number four outside linebacker in the nation, number two player in the class. Um, Mauer Creek, a school at UNC, has definitely recruited heavily. Uh, Marquise Williams comes to mind along with some other players. So that is a shame if you're a Tar Heel fan that Trenton Simmons, Simpson sorry, is uh, likely leaving the state and heading to the SEC. Uh, of course, I tease the other two things. Check it out, Coffrey Brown, a little update there, and, and a, a good look at Antoine Powell's uh, information on his interview as long, along with a link to a, a post-official visit interview with the four-star defensive end. All right, Showtime Camp, our last segment here um, as we get to the end of this uh, in-depth podcast. Don, what can you tell us about the Showtime Camp? It's um, it's a different idea for Tar Heel fans after seven years of Lair Fedora's freak show. Um, what's the plan? What's it going to look like? What can those who obviously won't be there, what, what do they need to know about this event um, that kind of concludes the the June recruitment series for UNC? Well, um, it's going to be a full day event. And the, the freak show is kind of it kind of sort of turned into that a little bit. I mean, but there was, I, I would say more than half of the guys wouldn't show up until the evening and participate in the camp, but there was a good bit of guys who actually showed up in the afternoon and kind of hang out on campus and all that. Um, but this, this showtime camp, it's going to be a full day. They're going to arrive around lunchtime. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of different kind of events. It's almost kind of like, if you remember how, UNC, particularly under Fedora, would treat the Duke basketball game with having a bunch of different just goofy games, you know, um, tournaments with uh, cornhole and and all that sort of stuff. Um, that that sort of um, I guess schedule is going to be used uh, this weekend on, on Saturday, and then obviously leads up to the actual camp, which is at uh, which they'll hit the field um, that evening, and then actually afterwards have have a, a dinner. So. A little bit different, um, but as far as like having top guys on campus, I mean, this is going to have a bunch of them, and it might be end up being the um, the best recruiting day of the entire year uh, as far as if you're looking at not only quanti- uh, uh, quality but quantity also. I mean, there'll be a g- bunch of guys, the top players um, from in-state, from the, the next three classes, the 2020 and 2021 and 2022, are all expected to be there. For sure. And you'll have you know, Des Evans is likely to come. Uh, Travis Shaw is going to make what could be his third visit in, in two weeks. And without giving away any more names, uh, definitely check that out when that comes out. Don teases some of those names on the scoop, but he's going to have a full list, I would assume, uh, what, Thursday or Friday um, with, with a list of all the names. And, and a huge event for UNC. The din- dinner is something new. The, the full day event is something new. And we'll have full coverage on Inside Carolina. I'll be there. Don will be there. We'll have a number of people uh, reporting. And we'll do a scoop, a big scoop afterwards. And we're also going to record a special edition of this podcast that night. I mean, it could be 11 p.m., 12 a.m. when we record this. And we'll have it up, hopefully have it up for you uh, bright and early on Sunday morning, which will be Father's Day, a.k.a. Donut Day for Don. And so uh, we'll edit that podcast up, and it should be an interesting one with a lot of things that we don't know could happen. Could have some commits, could have, um, you know, breakout players, et cetera. We, you right. know what we could have also? What? Buck Sanders.
you go. Buck uh, is often there. There are a lot of fans. Usually you can kind of just walk in and watch the camp as well. Um, okay, moving on. That's all the football stuff uh, other than our top five. Is that right, Don? Yeah, yep. Okay, your, your volume is a little weird now. Can you hear me? Yeah, it just sounds weird. That's all right, though. The, I do want to. I do want to mention just to kind of emphasize. I know that you um, you kind of hit on it a little bit, but I mean, we're going to have wall to wall coverage. In addition to Ross coming out of uh, recruiting coverage retirement to cover this event, we'll have um, you know, two uh, videographers there. We'll have Jim Hawkins. We'll, we'll be there shooting photos. Um, and it's basically an all hands on deck sort of situation for Inside Carolina. So we'll have just blowout coverage on Saturday. And then for the next few weeks, you're going to be sick of hearing about the Showtime camp from getting interviews and video and all that sort of stuff from, from uh, guys who participated in the event. The other thing to mention is that there's a, a pair of official visitors this weekend too. Um, Kedrick Bigley Jones, a four-star defensive lineman, and then also uh, Sean Martin, a, uh, another defensive lineman from West Virginia, are both going to be, um, be on campus this weekend officially. Great. All right. And our, Top five. We're gonna get to it now. We're gonna our top five for next episode, and we'll do that next week, not the one we're gonna record on Saturday night. the The top five for next week, and Don, actually, it's your idea. So why don't you tell the the listeners? All right, we want your top five TV shows, comedies. We don't want to just throw it out there and say TV shows just because that we'll just go all over the place with that. So let's just limit it to comedies. Your top five. You know, uh, whether Seinfeld, uh, Parks and Rec, whatever it may be, uh, The Simpsons, whatever, whatever you, whatever constitutes a comedy for you, whatever makes you laugh, give us your top five. You can always send in your top five by tweeting at me at Don Callahan IC or sending me a PM on Insta Carolina's message board. My name is Don Callahan on the message board. Make sure you include your first name and your location so that we can just give a little bit of, um, I guess, substance to it. Um, we actually have we, – we went out from last week, which is good. So we stopped our trending down with eight. One thing I was thinking about, we don't have any – we haven't had any female submissions. <laughs> and yeah. I, think this is, I think this is a problem. But then again, we're also going off of names. And, you know, sometimes females have male names or typically male names, you know. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see how many uh, women listen to our podcast. It doesn't seem we like need- our demographic. UNC football recruiting doesn't seem like a huge uh, female-dominated fan base, but who knows? Well, we need to get at least one. But but like I said, I mean, there are women named Seth, and so I mean, <laughs> you know, there are women who have male names. So if if you maybe you could let us know, um, just so that we can make sure. You know, that I, I think Michelle listens uh, inside Carolina. Well, then we need group. Michelle. We need Michelle to send in. This is a a personal shout out, a call out to Michelle that we need a submission next week. Michelle definitely, I know Michelle loves comedies, TV comedies. She should be able to definitely submit our uh, submit our top five. And uh, but that you know we need other 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 females also. Okay, yeah, and this is a good chance to. I mean, it's it's a different type of uh, answer, and I'm excited to see kind of the different responses we get because a lot of people UNC fans, but who knows what kind of comedies are into and i would love a little brief description as to why it's your your top five why each one is is including your top five i'm already brainstorming mine all right moving on to this top five which was you're you're listing the five quarterbacks who are even who are enrolled and on the roster you can see are the two that are committed 
and you're ranking them as to who you're going to have the best, who you think is going to have the best college career. So you have on the roster, Jace Reuter, Cade Fortin, Sam Howe, and then committed Malik Hornsby and Jacoby Criswell. Of those five, which do you think in order will have the best UNC career? I will start reading one of the submissions. We got eight, like you said, and a lot of them have some good explanations. I'm going to go um, with Mo from Morrisville. Damn it. Morrisville. Um, I'm going to read his submission. So he has number one is Hornsby. Hard to best at athleticism and natural talent. I could see him moving to another position, but still think he'd be great in our offense or an offense similar. So he has Hornsby as the best quarterback, but thinks he might move to a different position. Um, Howell's number two. He just has the it factor, has an incredible arm. Howell, of course, hasn't played a game yet for UNC. Reuter, uh, number three, almost went with Criswell. I really like what Jace showed last year for Criswell. Probably the best passer outside of Howell. I think Jace may be a bit more athletic than him. And five, Fortin. Nothing against him, but I think his floor and ceiling are very close to each other. Interesting point there. All right, who you got? All right, I'm going to go with Carl. I wanted to go with Mo, but you stole him. Um, so Carl has number one, Sam Howe. I see him as a Mitch. Learns to stay in the pocket. Arm strength and accuracy. Um, will be a leader. Has a high ceiling. Number two, Kate Fortin. Uh, three-star pro QB rating. Look good in the Virginia Tech game. Number three, Jace Reuter. Very well could be number two, but think he is more of a run-first type. Number four, Jacoby Criswell. Uh, he says uh, could be a solid passer, but I believe if we get Drake, he wouldn't have much of a chance to play. That's Drake actually May. really – yeah, Drake May. That's actually a really good um, uh, point that I, I didn't consider when I was doing mine, and I'll explain why that matters for my stuff. Uh, number five, Malik Hornsby. Not – I uh, don't think he'll make to North Carolina, but if so, my opinion is that he will want to run way too much. Needs uh, work throwing. You could read your your number your next your next one. Okay, uh, let's go down down the line here. Stephen from Tennessee, Unicoi, Tennessee. Shout out uh, one Sam Howell, in-state kid, and the most can't miss in my opinion. Howell coupled with. MB, we'll put the heels back. Oh, Mac Brown, we'll put the heels back on the map again. Cade Fortin, viable backup, definitely will play meaningful minutes. Three, Jacoby Criswell, good relationships with Longo. Think he'll be in line when Howe is gone. Four, Malik Hornsby, raw, and I agree with you, Dom, a position change on the road could occur. Wow. And five, Jace Reuter, just my opinion, but with his size and muscle, he has put on maybe a possible position change. The tight end could happen. He doesn't transfer, so he can see the field quicker. All right. All right, before I get to my next one, I didn't say he's going to make a position change. I don't want anyone to think that because, God, you don't know what what crap I have to deal with if someone (laughs) thinks I said that. Especially Um, after all the interviewing his coach saying that he's improving as a pocket passer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so my my last submission I'm going to read is Paul from Morganton, who actually for the past I don't know how long has really been submitting um, his uh, top five every week. Number number one, Sam Howe, talented arm, great leader. Number two, Jace Reuter, leader and winner. He said Mar- Marquise-like, Marquise Williams-like. Actually, Marquise was hanging out and working the campus past week, and so it was good to see him. He's, um, I don't think he's doing any football-related stuff, just kind of hanging out. Uh, number three, Jacoby Criswell, talented and committed. People like that committed part. Uh, number four, Malik Hornsby, great athlete. Number five, Cade Fortin, great talent, wrong time. Jeez. All right. 
to this do is it. difficult to do. Uh, go it, ahead. Tom, it sorry. was no, no, it absolutely was difficult to do. I, I want to hear what, what your your thoughts on why it was difficult. Yeah, I mean, because you you don't know about Malik Hornsby and Jacoby Criswell. Uh, they're still in high school. They're rising seniors, uh, and I think a lot of people overlook Drace Reuter and Cade Fortin. And, and as uh, a commenter posted on the last podcast, I mean, one of those guys could very well start next season. I know the staff. Sam Howell is kind of is kind of the guy, but you know, redshirt and Sam Howell and and playing Jace Reuter or Cade Fortin could be the play. Uh, there's just so many unknowns now, and even with my list, I don't want to overlook those two guys. But I will give you my top five. Uh, let's see, I typed it up right here. All right, so I have Sam Howell number one. Uh, I think he, he does have the complete package. So you're not gonna uh, do every. We're not gonna do every other. Uh, I'll just do mine since we started. Okay. All right. I'll do Sam Howell number one. Uh, complete package, athletic, really strong arm. You can see his zip in the spring game. Uh, I think he has the mentality as well. Willie Cornsby, number two. Uh, like I've said, you know, I think he has a very high upside, super athletic, fast, but has a strong arm, which uh, with some coaching and, and some work can improve and be more accurate. Number three, Jacoby Criswell. And I, I mean, I love the stuff you wrote about him in the scoop. You know, it sounds like he's going to be a great passer. He's strong, physically mature, and uh, seems to you know, have the mentality of a quarterback. And he could have a really good career at UNC. And then I mean, put Cade Fortin, Cade Fortin four, and Jay Streeter five, um, which I th- I don't know. It's just weird that the two guys who have actually played are the are the two that I have last. But it's just hard. I think all these guys. I think UNC is in a really good situation at quarterback right now, and uh, with the incoming guys and who they have on the roster right now, there seems to be a lot of raw talent and a lot of athleticism. Yeah, I. Um... Definitely agree with you that this was super, super, super difficult. And you almost feel bad for whoever you put fourth or fifth because you're almost kind of like uh, calling out their demise. Um, but I felt like the way that you, that I at least approached it, and I feel like the best way to approach it is you almost kind of have to like, you know, look at a crystal ball and see what's going to happen. And whoever, if you think that someone, one person is going to come out of this, uh, this three-way quarterback competition as the starter and clear-cut starter, I just feel like they need to be number one or number two just because they're going to obviously have an advantage over the field for sure. Um, and then you kind of have to, in addition to that, you kind of have to kind of figure things out, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. And so there's there's definitely a, a thousand variables that are in play that's going to affect this, um, and you're kind of almost playing out your own narrative. But um, our lists are very similar. Number five, Owen Fortin, I think is a really good player. Um and I think really he could, if, if he was the starter for North Carolina, North Carolina would 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 be able to win with him, to be honest with you. But um, I just don't think he's going to win the job. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, he's a guy who I know that, I guess someone was telling me that, that Fortin came out and said that he was going to stay at North Carolina regardless of what happens. But I think he's a guy who could easily go somewhere else if he loses the job and become a starter or at least become, um, you know, uh, I guess get some playing time for sure. Uh, number four is Reuter. I mean, I think he's a guy who I don't know if he's, he's definitely has an element of, of his game with that running ability, almost kind of like a Tim Tebow sort of thing. I feel like his best, his best, I guess, um, uh, usage would be kind of like Tim Tebow was used when, when Florida won the national championship with Chris Leak as, as it's starting quarterback. Um, so with that, if that's going to be kind of his role or if he ends up going to a smaller school, I could definitely see him like, you know, killing it at a smaller school. Um, I put him four. Uh, number three for me 
is Chriswell. I think, um, you know, he's a guy who, let's say, plays out with my number one, which I think is going to be obvious now. It's going to be Sam Howell, uh, becomes a starter. Chriswell can come in red shirt and then have two years to start at North Carolina after Hal has uh, graduated. Um, now, the I guess the, what's going to come into play with that is uh, Drake May, if Drake May ends up in North Carolina. So that's what was interesting with the one submission mentioned. Um, number two for me is Malik Hornsby. I don't think that he does it in North Carolina. And I know people are going to be, you know, um, you know, calling for my head for that. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, you know, he visited Texas A&M earlier in the week and uh, uh, he, you know, has been very open about visiting other schools and, and he's so far away. I know he's going to be visiting North Carolina this week, but it's just, it's just so hard to get him to come back to campus. He's already talking about an official visit to Florida state during the season. I mean, it's just, you know, I just, it'd be great for North Carolina for him to be a part of this team. But I just think that, that the odds are against UNC right now. And, and I think what's going to happen also is that these schools who really want this kid, they know who the target is, and they're going to be beating up on North Carolina. And every single loss they have is just going to be something that these, these coaches are going to use as uh, ammunition. Number one, Sam Howe. I think that, uh, as I think I mentioned in a prior podcast before, that I feel like he's, I feel like the odds favor him becoming the, the, uh, the quarterback, not only because of his natural talent and not only because that he's used to putting offenses that need leadership on his back, but also because I think that the coaching staff, if all things are equal, they would want him to be the quarterback because he is an in-state guy. And you want, if you are really building your brand on being an in-state program and, and, and closing down the, uh, the borders and everything like that, then um, Sam Howe is, you know, a, is your guy because of he's an in-state guy and what better person to have for your uh, program if, if that's your mentality great i mean great intel there great perspective and opinion can you run through one through five real quick so number one sam howe number two number two uh, malik hornsby number three jacoby cresswell number four jace Ruder, and number five Cade Cade fortin great so we had similar ones just with uh four and five switch all right, guys, that is it for us. Uh, I think a pretty good podcast there with a lot of intel, a lot of interesting stuff. Definitely check the weekly scoop out. Check out the camp scoops from last weekend. Look forward to the 7-on-7 seven seven coverage on Thursday and the Showtime camp scoop coverage, breaking news, podcasts, updates on the message board. All that good stuff will be coming on Saturday. And we'll have a podcast for you uh, that morning as well, Sunday morning. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on, Don? No, just um, as I said, definitely if you're a UNC fan and, and you're into recruiting, you need to spend Saturday a good deal of it on Inside Carolina because we're going to have tons of content, probably from the time that uh, you wake up until the time you go to bed, to be completely honest. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this uh, in-person podcast with Ross Martin that we're going to do later on that night, although I'm sure by the time it gets to that point, we're either going to be delirious or just wanting to get home as soon as possible. I don't know which one, or maybe the combination of the two. That's right. All right. Awesome, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.